0: Alrighty, uh welcome everyone to shimitsuki club and no cant records brand new podcast uh this is radio suki uh episode one so super excited for this new premiere uh today i'm joined by a very special guest from no cant records uh why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself
1: all right yeah hey guys how's it going uh my name is bennett martin Um, i'm going by turtle bay right now uh, for my latest project um so yeah, I'm happy to be part of this podcast.
0: Yeah, super happy to have you here, uh, Bennett. Uh, for those of you that are curious, my name is Savine. I'm going to be your host for the evening. Uh, so I guess, Bennett, let's just get started and move right into the questions for you. All right, sure. Your alias is Turtle Bay. Uh, what exactly sort of inspired you to choose that name?
1: Uh, that's a great question. Um You know i thought about picking a different name uh for a long time and i wanted to just use my regular name um but that was i thought that was too boring and i don't know um i never really felt like i had uh my sound i i didn't really feel like i had anything that i could put my name on it so i figured um i could always start making music under under a moniker and then and then change it if i ever got tired of it so I, i did start with uh A couple different other projects and uh, recently um, my music's kind of taken a a bit of a shift so I decided to uh, rebrand I guess as you do and went with Turtle Bay and uh, Turtle Bay was kind of a um, an idea that I had about um, kind of this place that you go to when you listen to music Uh, growing up I always I always use music as kind of an escape so every every time I listen to something Um, I always kind of imagined being somewhere else or getting out of a, a bad situation at home or at work or whatever, you know, whatever it was. So Turtle Bay was kind of my, uh, my vision of, of that place you go to, um, when you're listening to music. So that's kind of what that was.
0: Yeah. That's, that's pretty awesome backstory. I think everyone can agree that music is sort of that getaway for them. Um, I know personally, yeah. Kind of like,
1: kind of like my personal happy space.
0: Yeah, Absolutely um yeah and for those of you listening maybe curious uh turtle bay has written music under quite a few different alias um he has been in the music industry for uh what is it like 11 years now it's been quite a while it's been 10 or 11 yeah i think i
1: started started in 2010
0: okay yeah so he's definitely been here for quite a while he knows his way around the mixing board and the instruments um so yeah yeah i know my stuff yeah <laughs> he really really does so please if you guys have at least i, I like to think so <laughs> um if you guys have any questions for him feel free to drop them in the questions chat uh we'll probably pick a couple out and answer those uh, as we go through the episode here um so while the pro- project turtle bay is brand new um as we just covered uh you've been in the industry for about 11 years uh when you first started writing music uh what were like your thoughts what were going through your mind while you're doing it were you nervous did you feel like it wasn't gonna go anywhere um
1: oh that's a great question um so when i first started getting into writing music i guess and producing um i guess i had no idea what i was doing it was kind of scary I started when I was uh, really young playing uh, piano by ear and uh, I kind of have always been able to do that. But um, when I was uh, 14 or 15, um, there was kind of this this moment I had where I started getting into music. I got my first iPod Shuffle, actually, which was awesome. Um, that, that kind of tells you how old I am. Yeah. Um, didn't have a screen on it. Didn't have nothing. It was like $50. It was awesome. And uh, I... That was the year, uh, 2009, that was the year that um, Owl City released Ocean Eyes, the album, and Fireflies came out. Of course, everyone knows that song, it's like viral. It came back as a meme like 10 years later. Um, but uh, when I heard that song, it was like, it was like, oh my goodness, like what are these sounds that are like, coming out of these headphones? Never heard anything like this before, it was nuts. And I, I had never been super exposed to like a whole bunch of music. I mean, I know there's tons of other electronic music out there. Um, but at that point in my life, I was going through a lot. Um, and, you know, a young teenager going through depression and everything else. Um, Owl City was like my saving grace. And I, I loved the sounds that he was coming up with. And it was kind of this obsession that I had, like, how do I make those sounds? And uh, so it didn't even start out as trying to make music or trying to be, uh, you know, be anything or be successful. It was just how do I how do I make those sounds? And um, I'm a big self learner. Um, I was homeschooled growing up, so I learned how to how to teach myself things. And so I got really good with the internet and uh, did a lot of research. Figured out, you know, what a what a DAW is, and you know what VSTs are and how they work. And learned midi and started started just doing everything that you know the rest of us producers have done and uh that, that's kind of how it started i guess i don't want to get too carried away with that but it was just kind of this what are these sounds and how do i do that too <laughs>
0: <Okay>. awesome <clears throat> yeah i personally had a ipod shuffle as well um and that's it i don't know just when you're talking about it um it sort of brought I mean, to mind. My... shuffle was great yes. wasn't it? it was so good <laughs> i always had just the coolest just vibes from like listening to music on a shuffle i don't know yeah
1: i actually had they had two different models come out i think they had the little square one and then they had the uh it's like a rectangle yeah didn't... i think that one lasted for like a year and then they pulled it. yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah what was i don't remember
0: that, that was back when apple products didn't cost $2,000. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yet. Yeah. It, they were yeah.
0: <laughs> um, already, so I understand that obviously I do. Um, but I know you're working on your debut project. Uh, what was your Oh Yeah, what what have your biggest inspirations been while writing it? And is there any time that we can sort of expect it to be released?
1: okay so there's I hear two questions in there so I'll try to answer <laughs> the first one um my okay. biggest inspiration um man inspiration comes you know at the drop of a hat so I, yeah. I don't know what my biggest inspiration has been I think honestly my biggest inspiration is the fact that I haven't released a whole album yet um mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of been killing me I am like dying to release something and I kind of get stuck in my own head that it's oh it's never good enough or nobody wants to hear this or, you know, whatever the excuse is. So honestly, my biggest inspiration has been like kicking myself in the butt, like, Hey, get working on this (laughs) because life gets busy and it's easy to get caught up in everything else and kind of not finish what you started. So that was kind of the, uh, answer the first question. The second question, um, anytime we can be expecting it to be released, um, I'm hoping within the next few months. So I'm, I've got my manager on my case. I asked him to. I said, hey, I need you to be on me about this because if I don't have a deadline, I'm not going to get it done. That's how it is. So we're working together right now to pick a deadline. Yeah, yeah, you know how it is. Yeah. <laughs> so we're working together to pick a deadline, and uh, and then I'm just going to have to live with it because mm-hmm. you know what they say. They say a, a great song is, is never truly finished but simply abandoned. Yep. So I like that.
0: Yeah, and for any of those that are curious, uh, Turtle Bay is gonna be making his debut on No cant Records. If you guys are ever interested in releasing on No cant Records, you can either send me a message or submit a track through our Discord channel or on our website. Um, so just out, I'd throw in a little plug there. Uh, moving on to the next question. No shame. Uh, oh, no shame. No shame at all. <laughs> um, so. Uh, Bennett, what, what are your thoughts on online festivals as sort of a way or a method as a musical expression?
1: Oh man, I think it's great. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's hard to get out there when you're the little guy. And I think these online festivals that are popping up, especially the ones that aren't featuring like the, the mega names that you see out there all the time, uh, the ones that are, you know, helping the little guys get some get some, uh, you know, voices out there. That's awesome. That's great. And, uh, I'm honestly surprised that it's taken this long for these online festivals to start getting popularity,
0: but, um, Oh, definitely. It's, it's, I think it's amazing. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I definitely totally agree with you. Um, and this is going to sound like a plug and I totally don't mean it to come across that way. Oh, that's fine. Um, This this is your
1: podcast. (laughs) I mean,
0: yeah, (laughs) one of my, Uh, biggest goals with Andromeda Festival, um, and I'm sure Isuna can agree with me on that, uh, is we've been trying to get a nice blend between artists that are starting out and also sort of the bigger names. Like we got Festivillans and Pierce in our lineup, as well as like Kotari and Cynthion. Uh, Like those are some pretty big names. Well, it's great when you can do that because you,
1: I mean, it helps draw people too if you do have those bigger names and it helps get the, uh, the word out.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, And so it's just really been awesome because something that's interesting is people think that just because your follower count isn't over 20,000 means that you can't write a song or you don't (laughs) know how to make a DJ mix. And I've definitely heard some awesome DJ mixes at these online festivals. Some of them are just absolutely amazing. And so I guess something else that's amazing about it is it also allows the bigger artists to sort of see some smaller artists that are like at the same league as them and just aren't getting the recognition
1: for it. Right. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be interesting. I guess I've never really been on the other side of the coin where, you know, you've got, you know, thousands of followers and you're a pretty big influencer. Um, I think it'd be kind of interesting, you know, what's it like from their perspective and really what, what are they even able to do? to, you know, help bring people up to their level if, if that's possible. Cause I mean, you hear stories all the time of like, um, other artists reaching out to, you know, less experienced people and bringing them up and kind of training them in the industry and stuff. And I think that's great, but, um, you know, it doesn't happen to everybody. So.
0: Yeah. It's definitely interesting. And it's something that I've always wondered is, You know like the music industry and even places like soundcloud and stuff they're really meant to support the bigger artists because they're the ones that make the money um but like for some of these smaller artists like how many fans would they have if they were advertised the exact same amount of time as some of as the bigger artists like if I took one of the performers at Orion Fest and put them up on a billboard in Times Square, like, they would explode. And it would be amazing because their music has always been that good, but nobody... The algorithms don't let people listen to it.
1: Right. And that's the big question that, you know, everyone as a producer has to ask themselves is, all right, I made this cool song. How do I get it out to people? How do I get people to listen to it? Absolutely.
0: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's definitely something that i know Shimitsuki club and no camp records are really working to help promote is just getting people's music out there for more people to listen to and to appreciate <laughs> yeah um so i guess uh we'll move on uh what are some other songs or artists that have sort of inspired you over the years of your career obviously i know owl city's been a really big inspiration but has that inspiration sort of evolved as you moved on
1: yeah so i followed owl city um i still do he's probably my biggest inspiration just because i feel like like we're old friends like we grew up together practically it's it's kind of funny Um, how you can feel so close to someone's music like that but um, someone else that was really big back then was uh, Lights Um, love her music she's changed quite a bit as an artist but back then she was still um, very much synth pop kind of electronic Um, you know I always liked that kind of genre so uh, she was a big one for me and um, Medean nowadays, Mm Madion, how do you say it? I actually looked it up. Um, before I think the it's because I couldn't get it. Yeah, I think it's Maddion. <laughs> I had to look it up before the podcast. Oh, oh we got the chats <laughs> blowing up. Yeah, let's go. Oh no, <laughs> controversial. Um, All right. Uh, yeah. No, his music was great. I think he. Um, oh, what was his album? Was it Discovery? I'm gonna botch this. I can't uh, Adventure... remember names. Adventure. That's what it was. Thank you. I was thinking of Daft
0: Punk. There we go. You're welcome. Um,
1: yeah, <laughs> adventure. Um, yeah, when that one came out, I was like, "Man, this is great." And uh, oh yeah, I I had that feeling again that I mentioned before about um, listening to Fireflies, where it's like, "What are these sounds? How is he doing this? Like, this is some crazy mm-hmm. stuff." And he's mangling all these samples, and he's got um, yeah, you know, these vocal chops in there, and his vocals are all mangled, and all this other stuff. It's like, man, this is awesome. <laughs> And uh, it kind of helps you stay focused on what you're doing and get back into your music. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there were a couple big ones for me.
0: Yeah, that's I definitely love Madion a ton. Um, I mean, so personally, I spend most of my time just listening to dubstep. Um, but every <laughs> now and then, I'll pull up a Madion song, and I'll just listen to that on repeat for a day. And it, it's just got it just sort of defines that day and it's just such a good feeling yeah and it's pretty awesome i i I really do appreciate um the style of his music back then and now um a lot more with his new album and stuff right yeah i
1: do like the new album that he just came out with too that's awesome i um i think it's funny too how you know when you're listening to music um and then you kind of go back I guess a few years later when you go back and, and look at the music you were listening to at the time and the music that you wrote at the time and it's kind of funny to see how it how it shaped your your music and how you started writing after that or how it influenced you I think that's always interesting yeah and uh yeah definitely I don't know. it's just interesting to me I love it
0: yeah uh it's kind of interesting um when you mentioned like music you listen to uh like before you start writing and composing um it sort of made me think back to what i originally asked you about like your thoughts going into composing music and um just think about myself personally um i sort of started writing music the same way you did just like didn't really know what i was getting into just like messing around um uh but yeah personally before writing music i really didn't listen to it that much like it didn't have any importance to me i guess right.
1: it's like you um, you have if, if you weren't indoctrinated with it by your parents you kind of have this clean slate yeah kind of mentality where it's like yep. yeah i listened to some music growing up but it, it didn't really <laughs> like it didn't really um i didn't really connect with it as much as i am with, with yeah this music now and uh yeah I exactly that's interesting
0: Yeah, it was really, yeah, it was just so weird, because I felt like, like, I didn't know what I was writing, or like, why I was writing it, I was just sort of throwing notes together. Um, And yeah, it was just really weird having, I guess, for me personally, I can't say that I had inspiration when I started writing music, I was just sort of writing music, because I had a DAW I could use. That's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was kind of weird, honestly. Um Man, I'd love terrible. You don't want to hear them <laughs> at all. You probably okay, got white not.
1: noise on a on a low-pass filter,
0: just wave Probably do, honestly. <laughs> yeah, a couple comb filters or something. Yeah, some stupid stuff like that. Going to use some unit patches because those are the best ones that exist. Oh man, you um, use Reason, don't you? I do use Reason. I love Reason. So I take that back. So I have a very
1: bittersweet relationship with Reason.
0: <laughs> I think we've talked. I knew about you were before. lying when you said you loved. Yeah, it. I was totally Yeah, we have lying. talked about this. I used to <laughs> love Reason,
1: and then uh, all the other DAWs are—they're just—they're uh, getting updated. They're getting all these different features. Like, um, mm-hmm. uh, what's the one that Reason Eleven just got? I haven't upgraded to Eleven yet. The one um, that
0: you've talked about in the past is the um, allowing for slopes when you're doing MA. Um, oh yeah, like like curve fades, curved automation. Yeah,
1: that yep should have been a feature years ago. Oh yeah, and they they just implemented Absolutely. it. Oh, it makes yep. me mad. We don't need to get into that no <laughs> that's that is a topic for another another day hey i mean i don't mind i think it's fine <laughs> uh man what was the other one it, it took them forever to put audio recording in reason too what was it audio Version
0: recording eight i think it was eight i think it was eight because i remember you and i so for you those of you who don't know uh bennett and i have known each other for like basically all our lives um and so we both use reason so i was usually a couple i was usually one or two versions behind him um because i mean i was younger than him i didn't really have a job at the time so i was a couple versions behind him so he would write something and i'd be like oh how'd you do that (laughs) and he'd be like oh it's this this and this and so when he was right recording vocals and stuff i want to do that but i couldn't because my version didn't have vocals which is like recording in it
1: yeah yeah, <laughs> it was funny because I always told myself I was gonna switch to a different Daw, and it, <clears> it was always that classic. Well, do I switch? Because then I have to relearn a yeah. whole new thing. All the time I spent investing in this, it's basically gone. And uh, so yeah. I, I always talked myself out of it, and I, I still kind of regret it. But now my uh, my reason knowledge is just baked into my mind. I'm so quick in reason. Oh yeah. So Absolutely. It, my my uh, workflow is great but Mm. there are some features
0: that i wish i had yeah uh yeah and i mean i got well i have ableton now um which i plan to probably use with with uh like live mixing and stuff um but yeah reason is still my primary my primary doff for now (laughs) until i get more comfortable with ableton yeah
1: Yeah, the big question for me now is is if you upgrade to Reason Eleven, you can get the the uh, VST plugin, the the rack, yeah, which is basically taking Reason with you, which is awesome. Oh yeah, but for me, it's the workflow that I would be giving up. Yeah, like I I can use rack racks like all day, but man, I can't really just switch my workflow on on the flip of a coin. Yeah, it's
0: definitely the difference between. Reason in Ableton is really big when it comes to like workflow and stuff, it's crazy, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so big tangent aside, uh, I guess we'll sort of continue with some other questions. That was a good tangent. I
1: love nerd talk when it comes to this, it was a good tangent,
0: and people in chat understand what we're talking about, like, it's so good, (laughs) right? Uh, so I guess moving into more production questions uh what would you say are your top five favorite instruments or like effects to and these are like uh daw instruments and stuff not like physical piano and guitar like that sort of thing um
1: okay so not synths or anything
0: yeah not um, like physical ones um i'm talking more like daw wise sure
1: um man that's a great question so i jumped on the serum bandwagon recently okay um yeah, it looked really cool. I got it. I don't regret it at all. So my favorite thing in Serum right now is the Unison that you can do.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: Oh man, that thing sounds so thick. You yes. pile those things on like eight or sixteen saw waves. And uh I love just spacing them out in the stereo field just a little bit. And man, I think it's so fun to play with. I, I haven't gotten into the mod matrix very far and For whatever reason, I tend not to use the onboard effects. I think it's because I'm a control freak when I produce, and I like to have control over every little piece of it.
0: I am exactly uh, the same. Yeah, I
1: think everything in Serum is really great. I like how it sounds. I just, I'm not super comfortable with it yet, so I need to play around with it more. Um, I actually don't like a lot of the stock sounds that come in Serum. I went through them a couple times and a lot of the default ones they don't really fit my style Um, so i make i make custom sounds um about 100 percent of the time so as far as like default patches or anything like that with serum i don't really have any Um, but i would say serum is is maybe not my number one but it's definitely a go-to at this point for most people yeah surprise surprise so if you're looking for some secret, that, that's, yeah, I don't have one. Uh, um, got a couple other ones. Uh, Waves has some awesome plugins. So I got tired of hearing every producer out there be like, oh, Waves, Waves, you got to get Waves. So I I went out and started checking it out, and they have uh, sales so often. Absolutely. Um, basically, if you buy a Waves plugin for over $30, you're you're not being smart with your money. So, just sign up for their emails and wait for them to give you uh, a deal. They they pretty much drop the price of all their VSTs at some point during the year. And uh, you can get some of them for, like, $30. Absolutely. And uh, I
0: got their... My
1: favorite right now.
0: Go ahead. So, I got their EQ. Uh, the, I guess it's sort of... Th- the, the F6? Uh Yes, yeah. The F6 RT. Yeah. That's sort of, like, their super popular one, I guess. Um
1: oh yeah that's the one i I was gonna talk to you about actually
0: okay so that um i got that eq for like 15 dollars, maybe a little bit more are you serious yeah super low it was actually really funny that's a great deal (laughs) for those those people listening in um i got that for like super low and then probably a month or two later uh, Bennett actually sent me a message and he's like, hey, they're having a brand new deal <laughs> on this EQ and I was like, I already got it, boy. <laughs> yeah, go pick
1: it up. Uh, <laughs> oh man, yeah, we gotta sh- start sharing that stuff on the server. Yeah. I'm sure there's other people that would enjoy a good deal. Yeah. So yeah, F six is totally a go to. I mean, if if the Fab Filter Pro Q, I think it's called, if that one's like the you know the holy grail of eqs this one is like the poor man's pro q in my opinion (laughs) it's it doesn't have um i think with a pro q you can create infinite um eq points oh yeah uh, Yeah. which which you can't do in the f6 but i mean you can stack the f6 pretty easily usually how many do you really need on one yeah
0: why do you need more than 10 points on a yeah, eq
1: often i will have two f6 um plugins on a channel yeah but i mean never three yeah <laughs> i shouldn't say never there are some times where i do because mm. i'm lazy but
0: yeah, sound, yeah sounds yeah f6 right. go
1: check it out yeah definitely check out sponsor f6, me waves f6
0: yeah sponsor us <laughs> please uh
1: i will throw out this this other one too um i got tired of piano plugins because i think they're all dumb yeah and I got um, Addictive Keys by XLN Audio. Okay. I think it got thrown in by Focusrite because I have a Focusrite um, audio interface. And they have that program where they give away a free plug I think it's every month or every few months. I don't remember what it is. Okay. But yeah, they gave me that one for free. Awesome. It's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Sounds really good.
0: Now I have to go join that new program they have. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, it's good,
1: though. I I hate when, um, you know, you listen to somebody that you like, and then I, I did this. You go online and look for, oh, well, what do they use? What was that plugin? What were those settings? Yeah. And It's like, listen, you know, every EQ sounds the same these days. <laughs> every delay does the same thing. And you got to find something that works for you, that works with your workflow, yeah. that can help you get results fast. Definitely. And that's kind of what's going to help you rather than you know, oh, I bought the most expensive Waves plug-in. And, yeah, that's not going to help you at the end of the day. Nope.
0: <laughs> it makes you look cool with all the other producers, but, like, it doesn't actually It matter. does. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Looks good on your Instagram.
0: Yep. Uh, Alrighty. Uh, well, moving on. Um, this is something that I'm sure lots of people think about and sort of need but don't know they need. Um, What would you say is your preferred way to mix vocals and for those of you uh listening in turtle bay has one of the best like vocal mixes that i've heard he's really really good at it so oh, thanks man this is something i'm definitely interested in hearing hearing all your secrets <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right so uh, <laughs> uh vocals have been the bane of my existence since i started vocals are okay so here's the problem with mixing vocals Vocals are the most human thing that is in your song, right? If, especially if you're producing electronic music. Mm-hmm. You've got these weird drums that don't sound like drums. You've got these weird snares that don't sound like snares. You know, you've know, you got hi-hats, everything else. It's not, it's not a real hi-hat. It's actually like a noise that's been filtered. Mm-hmm. You've got synthesizers, all this other stuff that it's not acoustic, right? Yeah. And then you throw a human voice on there, and, and we wonder why it sounds so weird. And then the other part of that is... Our microphones are very different than our ears, right? Yeah. So, our ears are are like smart microphones. Um, they have automatic compressors built in. So, when, you know, when you hear something really loud, your brain can automatically um, make it sound quieter. Mm. And microphones don't do that. They just take what you give them. Yeah. So yeah, you really do have to mess around with the vocal that you get in your chain. Um, so. I don't want to say that there's really one way to do it, um, but I will share kind of what's worked for me. Um, Let me share a mistake I made too. So one thing I I started doing was um, I had a lot of room noise. You can hear some room noise right now. I'm in in an untreated room. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would just put a gate on it to start. Okay. And then you get this really awful, like, super loud reverb right before your vocal comes in. Because it's gated and then you take a breath and it's like, ugh, ugh, here's whole room. That's awful. Um, so, rule number one, don't do that. <laughs> um, if you can treat your room, definitely treat your room. If you can't treat your room, try to... There's a lot of budget ways you can do it. You know, stand in front of a closet, put a blanket over your head if you can't touch your mic. I mean, there's stuff you can do like that. Yeah. Um, personally, when I'm doing like scratch vocals or or something um that i need to sound good but it's it's not production ready but i need it to sound good yeah i just try to get closer to my mic and then you know cut off the ends of the audio where you can Mm. and that way um the mic is just picking up your voice and it, it doesn't get as much of the room around you yeah um i have a blue spark condenser microphone this thing's awesome but it really does pick up everything <laughs> so you have to be right up on top of it or it picks up the, the whole entire room
0: yeah and uh
1: so you know the first thing about a good recording is um you know mic placement and uh that kind of stuff you also want to make sure that you're recording kind of hot because um, if you're not then you're just going to be uh amplifying a lot of noise mm. so that's not good yeah um, and then as far as like effects and stuff, I usually start with um, just making sure that it's loud enough. So I tend to record over my track that's already mostly finished, if not done. Okay. So everything's already kind of been boosted. So whenever I record my vocals, they're just immediately silent. So I usually put a compressor on there that's not doing very much, um, just to make it louder. And I usually use the gain knob, and then I'll take off like if if there's one dB or two dB coming off, that's great. I'm happy with that. Okay. And then once I get it loud where I can hear it with the rest of my mix, um, then I'll probably slap on an EQ. Or I take that back. I've actually been starting with um, Waves has a de-esser plug plugin that's really good. It's called Sibilance, mm-hmm. and um, I like it so far. Uh, it's basically a compressor for the high end and that's a great way for me to start because my mic picks up a lot of high end and um because i record close to my mic i'm just destroying that high end right there so um i do use a pop filter but it doesn't really help with the high end yeah so i do usually start with sibilance um take out a lot of the s's and stuff and then i will move on to the f6 um I like to EQ into my compressors. Um, and basically, what I mean by that is um, I don't do a compressor before I EQ. Um, because if you do, what happens is all the uh, frequencies that, that are loud that you don't like, they're going to make your compressor duck when you're not ready for it. Mm-hmm. So, what I do is uh, I get my EQ, tick off the really low end that nobody hears um and then depending on the track you got to be careful with your lows especially if if you're a guy because your voice starts sounding weird if you take off too much yeah um and uh i try to do a scoop around 250 below 500 i don't know somewhere in that area okay And then, I mean, and the thing is, these settings don't work for everybody. I mean, you just have to record, 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 and mess around with the EQ because everybody's voice is different. Yeah. Like, I know that in my voice, I have a really weird thing in the high end where um, my high end sounds really good, but there's these frequencies that are way off, and I have to duck out about 8K every time. Huh. And, like, 6 dB of 8K because otherwise, I don't know if it's my room or if it's my voice. It's probably my room um but it just gets overwhelming so 8k i have to take out a little bit of 4k okay and then yeah about 300 okay. so just a little bit not too much yeah um the biggest mistake i made uh when i was younger is just taking out too much in the vocals mm. and then they sound weird because you got to remember your vocals are acoustic they got to sound kind of normal
0: yeah um
1: Yeah, so I guess after my EQ, I would do a compressor. Um, I like to compress a lot. So I know professional mixers, they're not not all about slamming those compressors. But I like um, a ratio of like 4 to 1. I think that's the default of the Reason compressor. Let me pull it up really quick. I think it is. Yeah, so if you open the M-Class compressor, uh, the default ratio is 4 to 1. So I usually leave that there, and I'll make the attack uh, really short, I'll make the release pretty short, and uh, I'll just bring a threshold down until it starts capturing my voice. Um, and then, kind of at that point, once you know you've got everything, you've kind of caught it in your hand, it's in your mix, then you really just have to listen to the rest of your song. Uh, with your vocal and listen to hey where is where are the things jumping out maybe i need to turn that down or where is this not working and then if you find out man this recording was kind of really bad you just got to re-record um yeah i guess did you want to talk about effects too or or just kind of the main Um, channel strip we we can talk about a couple effects if you want to okay yeah i mean i do use a lot of effects um in my music so i guess i would probably be helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, I started doing uh, parallel processing, so pretty much you've got your main track um, that's just a dry vocal, and then you've got a copy of that that's playing with completely wet um, effects. So I usually have um, my delay and my reverb uh, on a separate channel, and um, I learned this reverb trick recently that's really awesome. Pretty much um, whenever you reverb something, you basically roll off like all the low end and some of the top end, mm-hmm. and you get this really cool, hollow-sounding reverb. So um, that helps with my mixes quite a
0: bit, just to clean up some of the mud. Okay. That but, sounds really yeah. cool. I'll definitely have to mes- mess around with that in the future. Yeah, it's good. Uh, but yeah, so that's going to be all for now. Uh, Thank you again to Turtle Bay for joining us for the very first episode. Uh, If any of you are interested in following Turtle Bay, you can find him on SoundCloud and Instagram at Turtle Bay Official. It's going to be all one word, all lowercase. Uh, And then you can also find me on all the social medias at Savine underscore official. And also remember that you'll be able to find other Radio Tsuki episodes like this one on radio.nocant.net.